Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. We'll see how much coaching matters as the Atlanta Hawks are going to have a new head coach. Uh, the Hawks have fired Nate McMillan. Uh, Hawks are just 29-30 and 30 and sitting in eighth place right now in the Eastern Conference. McMillan took over in the 2020-2021 season and led the Hawks to the Eastern Conference Finals which I thought of this and I was like, wow, it wasn't that long ago where the Hawks were going toe to toe with the Philadelphia uh, 76ers as huge underdogs in this series. Does this not count for anything? I guess not. It's very, it's very, it's amazing how someone can go from so hot to so cold so quickly as far as, you know, the demand is concerned or how good someone considers them to be as a head coach. And that's why I always find it interesting in, in any sport, you know, when you have a head coach who maybe has other opportunities or who is, you know, maybe, maybe saying I'm trying to decide between this job and that, that job. I mean, you have to sort of strike when the iron is hot because there was at one point, Nate McMillan was just red hot and people were talking about the job he was doing, but you talk about managing personalities as well. Remember earlier this season, he had that, that dust up with Trey Young, who is yep. the best player on on the roster. Where you know a few years ago they were, like you said, they were in the finals, and Trey Young was on the up and up. But he's still a very good player. But Nate McMillan's old school, and then Trey Young decides, oh, you're going to tell me I either have to come off the bench or not play. I'm not going to play. And when you get at odds with the best player on your team, things are not trending well for you. So, bit of a surprise, I guess, at this point in the season. But then again, the Hawks have been trending downward for a long time. And sometimes you just have to make a change to make a change. Like sometimes these coaches are not bad coaches. And maybe that's the case in Atlanta. I don't know. I don't follow the team closely enough to comment on that. But sometimes you just need a good old-fashioned regime change. And maybe that's Mm -hmm. what Atlanta is doing. Uh, Speaking of bad news, Chicago announcing Lonzo Ball will miss the entire season. The Bulls are currently in 11th place in the Eastern Conference and are plus 175 to make the play-in tournament. Uh, they sit two games behind Toronto for the 10th seed and that final spot to get in. God, this sucks. Uh, Lonzo Ball is a, a player that I've enjoyed watching, and it's a Chicago team that seems to have the pieces. They have some really mm-hmm. talented guys on their roster, but they either are very injured or they just can't make things work because no team was colder going into the yeah. all-star break, a team that could barely muster 100 points on a nightly basis. So, I don't know what's wrong with the Bulls, but they got to do something to fix it. And I guess it's not going to be Lonzo Ball coming back. 
Yeah, I feel bad for Lonzo Ball. When I was in Boston a couple weeks ago, I don't know how this conversation happened, but I was, the lovely Catherine and I were at this oyster bar in downtown Boston. And for some reason, the guy behind the bar was talking about Lonzo Ball. And I kind of interjected and I didn't want to interrupt the conversation. I said, hey, I'm sorry to bother you, but a few minutes ago, were you talking about Lonzo Ball? And he whips his head around. He goes, yes, he's my favorite player in the NBA. And I'm so bummed out that he isn't playing this season. But Lonzo Ball is a guy, he's not as dynamic as LaMelo, but you can see how much better this Bulls team is when he's in the lineup, just because he's, he's the guy that makes everything go. And he's not going to drop a ton of points on you, but that is not his game. His game is distributing the basketball. It's playing very good defense. It's hitting the three-point shot from outside. And now they brought in Pat Bev to sort of fill that spot since they're not going to get ball down the stretch, which I think is an absolute disaster waiting to happen. But it, it's really a shame because Lonzo Ball is a very good basketball player, and I'm, I'm glad he's gotten away from that shadow of his dad saying all those ridiculous things. I just hope he gets healthy because he is a hell of a basketball player and he absolutely makes the bulls better he just hasn't had a chance to do it right and on the defensive end they could really use him along Mm -hmm. with alex caruso who continues to be on the injury report so a disappointing season for the bulls to say the least up in brooklyn the nets give coach jock vaughn a contract extension through 2026 uh and the 27 season the nets are 32 and 19 under vaughn Currently 125 to 1 to win the NBA title. Uh, win total set at 46 and a half, minus 115 both ways. Uh, Brooklyn would need to go 13 and 11 to hit the over in their last 24 games. Jenks, I believe you are a believer in the Nets. So would you take this win total right now? <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. There's so few games left in the season. Yeah, you know what? I think I would. I think I would take it because I, I, I love what the Nets have done. In return, look, it was not going to work out with the big three. We saw that they played in like, what, a half game together or something ridiculous, like 16 games. It was terrible. It, they just never got that going. So the only thing you can do when a situation like that doesn't work out is get those guys out of there, bring in some guys who want to be there and put together a good core. And the Nets, I think, are quietly sort of exciting. I, they're not going to do anything this season, but if you look at the talent that they suddenly have on their roster – They're young. They have different pieces that can fit in different ways. And they're playing good basketball right now. They've got a coach, clearly, who is doing a good job. Otherwise, he's not getting that extension. So I don't think the Nets are going to go on some sort of run this season. But if you're a Nets fan, and I know Matt Passani on this show, one of our producers, does a great job. He's a huge Nets fan. I think he would say the same thing. I'm not even a Nets guy, but objectively, I think the Nets have done a really nice job of getting a great return for those guys that they traded away. And so looking forward, I think you have to be pretty optimistic about the Nets compared to where you could have been a couple weeks ago. Right, because they do have some good pieces in the meantime. And also, I think it's nice for the Nets to have a little bit of continuity, you know, by re-signing mm-hmm. or, you know, giving a contract extension to Jacques Vaughn because that's been the problem in Brooklyn. Nobody wants to stay. Stay. All the parts have been moving so maybe once they can get settled, some of these pieces can be uh, quite nice for Brooklyn. So let's get to the MVP odds. Uh, right now it looks like a one-man race. Just Nikola Jokic standing alone at the top of the odds board. Minus 250 to win the NBA MVP yet again. Jenks, I feel like people thought that there would be some sort of voter fatigue. But how mm-hmm. do you take this award away from Jokic right now? I don't think you, you can. can. 
I completely agree. I think he's worth minus 250, frankly. I'm not even, I, I can't even believe I'm saying that. I know that's a ton of juice, I, but I'm not kidding. Embiid, nobody else is going to catch him. Joel Embiid will not catch him. Giannis is banged up right now. Luke and Jason Tatum are 16 to 1. They are not going to catch him. He, he's going to have to get injured. And with, with so few games remaining, I think that's the key here is that if we were talking about truly another half of the season, I'd say, look, we got a whole half of the season here. We have half of a half of a season. What, 23, 24 games remaining, depending on the team, instead of, you know, 41. So I think Nikola Jokic, there is still value. I'm not saying load up the, you know, the back up the Brinks truck and put it down on this guy because you never know what's going to happen. But he is going to win this thing. He is undeniable at this point, what he's doing night in and night out. And that's why the odds reflect that. Yeah, I have a ticket on him four to one to win MVP that oh, I nice. uh, at least feel good about one of the futures that looks at me in the face every time I see my open bets. Uh, but here's the thing about Nikola Jokic. It's not just the fact that he's scoring, you know, a ton of points a night. He's also beating people in assists that are point guards. He has more assists per night than Ja Morant. He has more assists than Luka Doncic. It's absolutely wild some of the other skills that Nikola Jokic has. And plus, his team has a five-game lead in the Western Conference. So they're winning. All of the stats jump off the page. And also, he's one of the more dependable players, knock on wood, because he plays every night. Uh, last year, his stats mm -hmm. were even better coming off of back-to-back. -back. So the effort is there. He is usually pretty durable. And also, his team is running away with the Western Conference. So I don't think anybody else uh, is really worth a play here. Let's talk about Coach of the Year and Most Improved. Uh, of these markets, I think Most Improved is the more interesting of these two. Because mm -hmm. are we really saying SGA is like the most improved player? I have a bone to pick with this award. Because yes. didn't Ja Morant win this award last year? It's not like Ja Morant came out of nowhere. Right. So it's like, are we giving this to like the best player on this list? Or is it actually the most improved? I, here's the thing. I, I completely agree with you. I think if I'm picking the winner here, I'm going with Laurie Markkinen. I think he's been the most improved player. We've heard more about Laurie Markkinen and what he's done. And he's been the leader of that jazz offense SGA has been a known commodity for a while. It's it's like, oh, he we're hearing about him more now. Well, yeah, he continues to get better, but he was he was already a guy that we talked about last year and how good he was. He just wasn't getting any attention. So maybe he wins it because of that. A narrative, I think, plays a huge part. Same thing with John Morant last year. It was less about him improving and more about like, oh, let's just give him his flowers right now because, you know, he's becoming a star and we're paying more attention to him. So let's give him this award. But I agree with your premise that is this really about your popularity or being the most improved? Yeah, that's why I'm stuck on this one, because if it was most improved, it should go to Lori Markkinen. But it seems like award that they give to somebody just because you can't give SGA anything else. Like, he's averaging over 30 points a game. Like, he is the best player in this category. And running down the odds, you know, quickly, it's SGA plus 130, Laurie Markkinen plus 130, and then Jalen Brunson, 3-1. to one. But I'm going to go with SGA here. He's the best player. I feel like people feel obligated to give him some kind of award like they did with John Morant just last season. 
For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.